Many have served in the military. Many times you've been on inactive duty and active duty. Well, to the Christian, there is no inactive. Although we somehow have created that. (laughs) I think most of us are inactive when it comes to the role that we are supposed to be um, doing. You are to be God's hands. You are to be God's feet. You are His mouthpiece, the oracles of God. You are to be speaking on behalf of God, speaking the Word of God, speaking the truth to a lost, confused, and dying nation. And if you don't, they're going to die. Okay, so this is where uh, we are. Most of uh, American church seems to have been on a sabbatical, just kind of uh, expecting others to do it, big uh, evangelists to do it, big ministries to do it. Well, None of that's working. I'm telling you, it's you. You are the one. So the title of tonight's message is another part where I'm not sure. Um, I'll probably pretty much have to say what we don't get it, we don't understand. So the title is called Power of Attorney. Power of Attorney. Now I have copies, but these are copies of actual power of attorney that's been given to me power of attorney, okay, that has been given to me over my elderly mother because she just doesn't have the ability to figure out things, do things, certain things. I have power of attorney over all her finances. When I walk in, I don't have to prove anything. I just say I want X amount of money out of this account. It doesn't matter if it has my mother's name on it or not. They know that I have power of finances on her. Also, I have power of health on her. In fact, I made a doctor's appointment for her not that long ago, and for whatever reason, that made actually no sense on her part. Uh, She's kind of forgetful. Maybe sometimes just don't want to do certain things. She called and canceled it. She did. She just called and canceled it. Well, I called them, and I said, what are you doing? They said, well, your mother called and said she didn't want to uh, have the appointment or whatever. So I went down, gave them a copy of this, and they won't do that again. I have power to say, Mom, she's my mother, uh, almost 30 years, my senior, and I can tell her, Mom, you're going down to the doctor. They can come to me if she's in... uh, hospital, for whatever reason, they will come to me and say, do you want us to do this procedure? Do you want us to go ahead with this? Do you want us to try this? What do you think about this? Um, They won't go to my sister. They won't go to my brother because I have legal power of attorney backed by the state of Ohio, written by lawyers, signed by my mother and me to do it. I'm sure you know all sort of about this, most of you. Power of attorney. All right. Here we go now. Luke 10, 19. These are Jesus' words. Shouldn't really matter because it's all the Word of God, but somehow we, somehow in our goofy minds, thinks that's more of the Word of God. Makes no sense. But Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give unto you power. Who's he talking to? Yeah, Christians, you and I, not just these guys way back ago. He's talking to you and I. The Word of God is written for you. 
for me, for our examples. I give you power, now look, to tread on serpents and scorpions. Listen, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now I'd have to say, as we look maybe in the mirror, which the Word of God is, in our own lives, in the lives of the American church, not talking, never am I talking about the church over in Asia and all those places. They're walking in the power of God. But it's us. Uh, we, we don't either get this or we don't want it. I'm not sure where it's at. I, I'm hoping it's that we don't get it. And it needs to be maybe explained by the anointing of the Spirit of God. And God opens up your eyes and your heart to what He's expecting you to do and have. No wonder the majority of our Christian walk in uh, America is unsatisfying and just not that cool, not that great. Uh, Hollywood keeps coming up with superheroes when you're supposed to be one. Man, who wouldn't want to be a superhero? Uh, how that used to go? Leap tall buildings with a single bound. Run faster than a locomotive. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah, super pastor. Uh, we are to be called. Listen, it, this is the word of God. He says, behold, listen up, pay attention. I give you power. God is giving us power. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to do 1,000 spiritual jumping jacks. Now am I pleasing to you? 1,000 push-ups can run a mile under. No, God just says, I want to give this to you. In the military, they would give us all kind of weaponry, power to make a difference. They didn't call us to go out there and yell at them. Or, you know, throw stones or sticks at them. They gave us guns and ammunitions to kill them. Power, make a difference. So that word power simply defined means I have the right to act. Just like this, I had the right to go down to that doctor's office and say, uh, excuse me, but you guys did this, this, and this, and that's not right. And they went, oh, okay, we'll put this on file. And I said, well, you had it on file. You must have forgot about it. But that, that, it gave me the act to write, or the right to act right, actually, to go down there and tell them, no, this will not happen again. It's backed by the state of Ohio. I have authority to make this statement to you, and you have to obey that statement because Ohio says so. And so they do. Now, God put this over now in the spiritual realm. God is wanting, and in His Word of God, we see it giving you and I power. The right to act. Listen, unrestricted. Now we know what's happened in America from now to the last 30 or 40 years back. We've like accumulated this on ourselves and used it foolishly. And so that power and authority has been meaningless. Silliness made no impact on our communities. They want nothing to do with us. Because they think we're weird, silly, and just out for money. Okay? But we are trying to build a ministry in the last days on the Word of God. And so we're looking at this Word, and the Word's telling you that God says, Behold, pay attention, I want to give you power. Power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. This is what you and I have. This is one of those promises from God. Unrestricted the right to act authority. God says, I want to give you.
Because you see, we're in a supernatural battle with beings. So the Lord is not going to give us sticks and stones. He's going to give us power. So Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, Look at this. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He has all power. Now we don't act like he has all power. We act like the enemy has all power. Boo! <gasps> don't we? We do. We're all chicken. I don't know if it's we don't understand. I mean, who wants to be a chicken? I don't want to be. I want to be an eagle. I want to soar in the heavenlies. When God says, soar higher, I want to go, yes, Lord, and go higher. So God is saying to you, I have all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. All unrestricted power, all authority. I give you the right to act. Jesus gave you and me power of attorney. Just like this little piece of paper means a little bit compared to all that, but that's what this means. He gave you the power of attorney in writing. And it means more in writing. I went and talked to some legal advice this week about various things, about what way our goofy nation's going. I've got to do some various things. And the, the answer came back was, get it in writing. Because it carries more weight. And so that's what this is. We got it in writing, what God wants to do. <clears throat> Power of attorney simply means authorizing one to act as the representative of the person granting it. That's what my mother has done. Realizing there's things she can't handle, can't understand, can't hear, can't comprehend. So she has authorized me, authorized me to act as the representative of her. And she's granted that to me, and it's become legal now. With the lawyer's seal. So Christ has gave me this power to represent him in the heat of the battle. No wonder Paul says in Romans, man, you are without excuse. Because of this unbelievable, awesome, all-power, unrestricted authority, God's given it to you. And you're going to stand before the king of kings and go, well, I just didn't think I could. I can't talk good. I'm, I don't read well. I don't. See, we have to understand, again, God has got me on this theme of, of maybe we don't understand. You're being called to active duty. So we have this power of eternity to do what? Again, Luke ten nineteen says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. This is what the power of attorney is for. To tread on serpents and scorpions. To tread, to trample, to crush with the feet all the works of the enemy. Not just on your children, but the church's children, your neighborhood's children. To crush them. You remember that part in the Passion of Christ in the garden? Where the Lord's just shaking and trembling and thing, and he's couldn't and his snakes all over the creepy place, and all of a sudden he gets up and what? Boom. End of story. That's been given to you and I. 
You must see this in the Word of God. You believe the Word of God, right? And it's by faith. Luke 10, 17 says this, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And I know that we always quick to admonish you and say, no, the Lord is saying no, this and that. Don't be too psyched about that. I don't want to do that right now. Get psyched about that. I mean, you should be saying to the enemy, you better not bug me. You better hope I don't come over there. How many times people say, oh, don't talk that way about the enemy. We're silly. Just silly. What is it? Isaiah 14. Read that. Read when it talks about when the enemy is actually going to be exposed, manifested before our eyes. We're going to go, what? This, it was this chump that kept me up all those nights that made me afraid to walk down the hallway. This chump. That's what the Word says. So Luke 10, 17 says, And the 70 returned. I wish we would return this way. Some of you come back next week or this coming weekend and say, Man, I'm telling you what, I was in a pickle. I was in a tough spot, but I started to pray. And God turned that thing around. The 70 came back with joy. Lord, even the devils are subject to Unto us through thy name. What an awesome statement that is. You better not mess with us. Who has that attitude? David ran at Goliath. I would think I was a hero if I took a pot shot three miles away, hiding behind the biggest rock I could find. Did, did I hit him? Well, at least shot at him. David ran at him. And God's no respecter of persons. Through thy name, meaning taking no credit to ourselves or themselves. None whatsoever. But they felt like they were lifted in an area of unimaginable superiority to defeat the powers of evil. Simply. Simply through the name of Jesus Christ, being connected with Christ. We need to be lifted to that and the only way you can get lifted to it is to walk in it and to use it. Sadly, we seem to have lost this. We do. Most hear a big old boo and they won't come back. Or you attempt to try to do something for God and something explodes in your face and you're bummed out and never will help again. Look, here's a cold scripture that's going to make a message someday. But here it is. Ecclesiastes 10.10 says this. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. Guys ever use an axe? That baby ever get dull? I mean, you've got to use so much more strength, so many more swings, so much more sweat to try to cut down this little thing because the axe is dull. And sometimes I believe we seem to be wearing ourselves out. Doing more, running around more than ever, more books, more tapes, more CDs, 
More printed material than ever. And the church is doing less. We just need to sharpen the axe. The fool will continue to use a dull axe. I mean, it is so much easier to have the right tools. And I'm not a big tool guy. I mean, it's pretty hard to use certain things that weren't made to be used, but you're trying to use them because you don't have the right tool, you fool. Just go buy them and get them. You're done. I'm talking about myself. It's, It's just that it's true. It's so true. So instead of being wise and sharpening the edge, the fool does, doesn't wisely consider the future. We're talking about the future and how wise use of one's time in this present age can make a difference for so much better. Your wise use of your time. You must understand what you are to be doing in this time. Some of you aren't even sociable. You aren't. Now, and you're called to win souls. Figure that one. How are you going to do that? I would tell God all the time, excuse me, I'm dying up here. I say, God, church would be awesome without people. You ever been there? All right. But so I I know from what I'm talking about as far as, you know, social and needing crowds and all that kind of stuff. I was never into that. Well, that's too bad. God has called me. Uh, excuse me, senior master sergeant. I'm I'm really not into climbing this mountain. I really don't feel like crawling through this water. I mean, they, what do you think they, and they'll chew your ears and kick you in the behind and push you down and tell you to crawl, step on you, kick your bed over, all that stuff. And yet here we are telling the king of kings, the axe is dull and God is saying you've got to sharpen it. Listen, and I understand about the uh, majority of those that even might be here, there are times when with all who work for God when they are blunt. Through much use. Not that you're not doing nothing. You're doing a lot. But it can get blunt because of much much usage. So it's not time to stop. It's time to sharpen the axe. It's not time to quit VBS. Quit choir, quit nursery, quit ushering, quit security, quit, quit, quit. Just sharpen the axe and get back in there because we're out of time. We are. It's insane. God says to you, I have, I have given you power of attorney. I represent Christ. He has given me all power. You go into some heathen job. What do, you, what do we want to do? We want to start a job like that, but hire all Christians. What? 
God puts delight in the darkness. In the darkness. I mean, it's, it's just get in there with a sharp axe and hear God and do the work for God and represent Him. I am authorized by Jesus Christ to act as His representative. You'll have all eternity to kick back. Matthew twenty two twenty nine 29 says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Listen, you do err. He's not talking about Joe heathen. They're not looking at the Word of God. He's talking to you and I. And how, how do we err, God? What, what, what are we doing wrong? What's He tell us? Not knowing the Scripture, nor the power of God. Can't tell you the many times I've gone to the psych ward to, for whatever reasons, you kind of just crumble and you end up in there. And I show them scriptures and tell them this and that. And it's like they've never seen them. And yet they're Christian. God says, you do err. See, we didn't understand this morning's message. Because I think somehow we think we can do this on our own. I don't have to be there. We cut things out of our life. We cut church services. Prayer times out and think it's not going to affect us. But it does. It does over and over and over. Just take a tree. Go one of your trees and get a branch. Don't even cut it off. Just cut it halfway. See how it does. See how it looks next year. Just half. You know, used to come all the time. Now you just kind of used to be involved. But, you know, I'm kind of just cut it halfway. You see, we're not doing what God has called us to do. We're wasting our giftings and talent and the most precious thing we have, time. Time. Is it possible, or I would say it is possible, for a person to have much Bible knowledge yet not fundamentally know the Scriptures? Quote them better than me. Remember them better than me. Have 50 different shades of highlighted Scriptures. Paul told Timothy to hold fast the pattern of sound words, which you have heard from me. You can see that in 2 Timothy 1. Hold fast, which means this is suggesting that one can lose this pattern of how we are to live. Hold fast. Hold it dear to you, Timothy. Don't let it go. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. If your axe is dull... Don't be looking around for a replacement. Sharpen it. Sharpen it. Revelation 9.10 says this, And they had tails, like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men. Five months. You're called to walk in the midst of that stuff. Start trampling. And in the midst of trampling and getting all that, you're rescuing souls. You're rescuing souls who are being bitten and killed by the poison of the world. God says, no problem. i got an army called on active duty. I've given them power to go in and to rescue them. Psalms 91.13 says, listen to this stuff. Thou, you, thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. God uses all these most powerful and dreaded and creepy things to represent the power He has given us over the enemy. To step on them. 
through prayer and believing the Word of God and working for God. New Living Translation says, You will trample upon lions and cobras. How's that? You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. I will. Yeah, you will. God declares it to use you. See, you're not something. He is. He's putting that something in you. In fact, He's given it to you. Acts 28.5, one of the coolest scriptures in the book. You should probably know the, the event by just reading this part. And He shook off the beast into the fire, fire and felt no harm. Remember that part, right? Working for God. You're supposed to be working for God. And whatever you got your hands on, various things, and doing whatever you're supposed to be doing for God, children's ministry, uh, jail, youth center, whatever you're doing, working, oh, stop! You don't freaking panic. You just shake it off, you lying devil. Just shake it off. Don't cause a big up. Just shake it off. And he felt no harm. Well, it's the worst thing that could happen. Well, I think the worst thing did happen. He kept living. He had to wake up tomorrow in this sin-stricken, fallen world. The best thing would have been he's in heaven. We're so backwards. We're so confused on our understanding of the Word of God. We think it would be horrible if this guy died and went to heaven. What a horrible thing. He's in heaven. Man. Psalms 91.14 says, Look, first let me read 13 again. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion, the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Well, how are we going to do that? Well, simply because he hath set his love upon me. That's it. Not because you're Joe Rambo or Joe Arnold. No, it's just because God set His love upon you. Therefore will I deliver Him. I will set Him on high because He hath known my name. He will call upon me. I will answer Him. I will be with Him in trouble. I will deliver Him and honor Him. Here's what happens usually in American churches. We do nothing for God 98% of the time. Trouble comes our way. We call upon God. It didn't turn out like we want, so I'm done. When you're supposed to be living for God every day and working for God every day and, and delivering the, the lamb from the wolves and from the bear and from the lion and having all these related life issues. But we don't. We don't have anything really to do. Remember when that uh, serpent, we didn't know it was there, came out and nabbed you and we thought the whole program was going to go down. We thought the church was going to split nine ways sideways. And we just shook it off. Those are faith-building moments. Faith-building. And God says, you're going to do this simply because I set my love upon you. Colossians 2.15 says this, And having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. What an awesome statement. Just spoiled principalities. How are we going to do that? God gave me power. He has given me power. And you know, we were talking about superheroes. Well, that definition of that word power is mastery, magistrate, superhuman. 
How on earth did Samson take a jawbone of a donkey and kill a thousand warriors? What? Come on. How did he grab the iron gates, put them over his head? I couldn't even do that. And he ran to the top of the mountain. How? He was superhuman. That's what you're supposed to be. And I'm supposed to be. Yes. How did you ever handle that burden, that trial, that load? I would have caved. And yet you kept working, kept doing this, kept doing that. It's the grace of God makes you, comes upon you. You're superhuman and you run up. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be tapped into this stuff. Spoiling principalities. How much fun would that be? To kick the enemy down the street like the can. New King James says it this way, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. How cool would that be? That's what David did with this huge champion. Had everything the world. Had the 95 billion muscles all buffed, shined, everything. And David made an open spectacle with one little rock. Here goes everything. It was all my weeks of exercise, all my insanity, all my shakes I drank. Open. You see, the enemy attacks us visually, but God has given us this faith. One smooth stone. We didn't have to take an offering and buy this high-tech armor for David, this lightsaber sword that he could just wing it like the Jedi. When he gets it back, he's killed 50 guys. All he got was one stone. One stone. And took out the enemy's best. we got to get this. we got to understand. Ask God to open up the eyes. Your eyes. So you start seeing this stuff. Don't just read it to read it. See it. Here's a cool one. I love this one. Acts 19.13 says this. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, uh, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. That's the American church. Spend no time with God. You don't have the Word of God in you. You are not actively seeking God, crazy, going after God. You don't worship God. You come to service when you feel like. You don't get involved, and then you're going to come against the enemy and expect him to run. The answer of the enemy is awesome. Who the heck are you? That's what he said. That's what the enemy said to, to the majority of the American church. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests. And he had no small position. And the evil, spirits, uh, evil spirit answered and said, um, Pal, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? What's all this 
huff and puff coming from you. I don't know you. You don't scare me. I've never seen you. You see, can we have all this biblical knowledge and Scripture yet don't have any ability or backing to use it? You run to another seminar and then another one and then another one and then you get the latest book and oh, did you see that tape and CD and DVD? And in the name of who are you? You see, we always want that shortcut that doesn't exist in the gospel. It doesn't. You've got to count the cost and pay the price. You know what? Sometimes I get tired of that. That's why that scripture, I think, whew, kind of stuck out. Hey, if the axe is dull, wise up, buddy, and get it sharpened. No, I can just keep doing it. And you can't even cut a twig after a while. And then you're so, you're just stupid twig, and you just don't have anything in you anymore. God says, go sharpen the axe. What do we do? The axe doesn't work. Gospel doesn't work. I got to get a new axe. Just sharpen it. Get it going like you had it going. So run, 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 run. Stop and sharpen the axe with God. Sometimes you can do it through a song. Just a song will get you going. And I was over there screaming in my office, Lowog, to an old hymn that I haven't listened to in eons. What a day that will be. And I'm screaming, come on, God! That's sharpening the axe. Because I know it's dull. It just doesn't have the cutting power it had, the oomph. I lost my spit to something. Then sharpen it. That's why it says that the last part, which through much wisdom is success. Oh, sharpen it. How could I forget that? You just do. You get to running over there, go to there, this hospital, over to Columbus, over to Cambridge, back over there, over there, this phone call, that phone call, this person didn't come. Where are you? I didn't want to come. What do you mean you didn't want to come? So the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them. You see, it is spiritual warfare. And overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all in the name of the Lord Jesus. It was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Now look, here it starts out... The evil spirit saying to the American church, who are you? Bug off. And they just do what they want. Okay? And then the evil spirit leaped on them and just kind of destroyed the church. But then when the true men of God and women of God came, then something happened. And verse 18 says, and many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. You know what that means? All their filthiness, all their playboy books, all their penthouse, all their curious arts, all their rabbit's foots, all their junk, all their drugs, all their... They brought it all and dumped it when they saw the servant of the Most High God doing what He's called to do. 
19 says, Many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the Word of God and prevailed. The Word of God is not prevailing and growing mightily in Zanesville. It's being run out of our nation. Because we're on inactive duty. Don't believe it. Don't want it. I'm not sure where, what's going on. You remember, you know, there's not a whole lot said about Mary in the Bible. She's got one of the coolest verses in the world. Remember what Mary said at the wedding feast? They all come running in this problem, that problem, this didn't crowd, people coming, more people than I thought. His mother said unto his servants, about the Lord, whatsoever He saith unto you, do it! How awesome. That's Adam's little saying, remember? Two things. Be where you're supposed to be and do what you're supposed to be doing. And you won't have problems. But we don't go where we're supposed to be. We don't do what we're supposed to be doing. So we have oodles of problems inside this church and in the American church. How awesome is that? Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Now, who can say, I don't understand that? Only we could obey Mary's directions. Matthew 10.1 says this. Listen, to, here's another cool one. And when he had called unto him the twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. He gave it to them. It's not hang in there until you're saved 23 years and you'll get this power. He gave it to them. Big definition. Gave them, give to someone, give something to someone. A gift. We'll be doing that here in a few weeks. He gave it to them. This is what God wants to do. This authority in the name of Christ cannot be used independent of their obedience to Christ. That's what the sons of Sceva did. But it can be used because of it. This is not a hit or miss. You can't hit or miss. You know, some of you are pretty good athletes and, you know, and if my knees were good, but they're not, Go and play basketball and be somewhat, because I played it for years. It could be not too bad. Might impress one out of ten, but you can't do this in Christianity. You can't have that layoff and then hit it again and just think you're going to be awesome at it. They always say a tremendous preacher is made over 30-some years. Not 30 messages or 30 weeks or a 30 Bible study, and now I get my license through the mail. I know I keep saying this, but this one's really cool. And I hope you're listening. Because I don't know if we get it. Luke 10.1. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face. Here it is in this one. Into every city and place, whether he himself would come. 
Now, that, that kind of talk sometimes messes us up. But that last part is saying that God will send you to every city and place where He Himself is going to come. So He sends you first to preparing the way. Saying, I'm coming. I'm going to visit Sainsville if you do your job. If you go first. That's exactly what that's. And the Lord appointed over 70 also and sent them two by two before His face into every city and place where He Himself would come. He sends you and I to make a way to prepare the way that they can receive and hear the Word of God. But if you don't do your job, Zanesville's not responding. Apparently God's not coming. Not a whole lot going on in Zanesville. Pastors still don't meet together, still don't want to meet together, still disjointed, still branding their own sheep. God is saying, I want to come to Zanesville. He raises up a church that hopefully will be raised on the Word of God and then start to obey the Word of God and do what God says. And God says, I'm going to send them because I want to come there. And I'm going to send them because I'm going to give them this power that they can go and do it. Because I want to come and visit. Malachi 3 one says, Behold, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me. That's what you're supposed to be doing. But the majority of American Christians aren't doing that. God is saying to Malachi, behold, listen up, I'm going to send my messenger. Well, that's you for here, for now, for such a day as this. And you shall prepare the way before me and the Lord whom, listen, whom ye speak shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant. Whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Is it possible that Zanesville hasn't seen or experienced a move of God because we are not doing our part? Whoever you are, going to work, doing what you got to do, raise your new baby and play a guitar. And you go home. That, right? Ooh, huh? Yeah. I'm very thankful for that. Was that it? Is it possible that Zanesville is lying on the side of the road, bleeding, waiting? We have 101 churches, last I knew. 101 churches. So, what happens? Luke 10, 2 says, Therefore, said he unto them, the harvest is there. It's there. The harvest is great. It's not just there. It's great. But those who are supposed to be doing what they're supposed to be doing and being where they're supposed to be being are few. So there's one right here that needs to be saved, wants to be saved, wants to be told the truth, don't know what the truth is, just want them to pop. It's too late. Active, active, get active in your Christianity. Active in it. You'll have time to cut the grass. I've got to cut grass tomorrow. Get active. You'll have time to fix the car. We got one that needs fixed. It'll get fixed. But be active. 
active. Get active. It bugs me that we have 20 people singing in a choir. What? Come on. Get off your blessed assurance and get up here and sing for God. Why not? I can't sing. Who can? There's very few of us. The men proved it. Remember when we stick those men together? Not a whole lot of them can sing. A few can. But God takes it and it sounds awesome. Get active. I, I, really. Those aren't pastor's pet peeves. That's just inactive people. Why not? Why? Why not sing for God? Why not put your hands to a pile for something for God? Well, I am. I volunteer once a quarter. Well, thank you. <laughs> Seriously, get active. How, how can you not do nothing when you see the condition of our nation in the condition of our church? The church, the church, this church, America church. I'm serious. I'm just talking to you now. Like, how can you not? If there is a hell, how can we not? Therefore, said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Again, this is a failure on our part to realize our importance in this. No laborers. Plop. Oh, it's another one. Too late. Plop. It's another one. I didn't even see that one. And they're ripe and hard. They're just falling. Because there's no one to get the harvest. We're going, oh, the harvest is not ready. America, I want the God. Hey, you got one dull axe. Sharpen it, and you'll start to see better and better and better. I've proven that point over and over in my life. Sharpen the axe. You start sharpening that baby, man, you get keen for God. You can just sometimes just feel God breathe. Sometimes you go to pray and it's like you got a moth full of sand and your axe won't cut butter. Sharpen it. Look, so the work can go on. It's not about us. Please, let's stand as we stand. Just listen again. I know, but we need to start to realize who we are in Christ and what we are supposed to be doing. Someone just came to me and said the other, just half hour ago, an hour ago, however long I've been up here, and said, I got a new job. I said, whoa, really? Yeah. When do you start? Soon. Monday, maybe said, I don't know. Up in Newark. Awesome. I said, are you going to work weekends? Because he has been and just about disappeared because of work. And he said, no. And I went, yes! We got another warrior back. I know about work and all that stuff, and I'm not telling you to quit. I'm just telling you how vital this is. Get active. 
get sharp. And God will put things on your heart to do, to get involved. Bethlehem walk. Awesome! But to dull acts, I don't know, drive all the way down there. It's cold at night. I don't want to help. I do plenty around here. I can't. I got bibby football, bibby basketball, bibby baseball, bibby this, bibby that, bibby clogging, bibby cheerleading, bibby whatever. I can't even think of anything. Is it true? You're God's hands and feet. You are. This is so vital. I cannot get at them. We need t-shirts, John. John John is here somewhere. T-shirts, be where you're supposed to be and do what you're supposed to be doing. Well, you got music to help me out. Look, power of attorney. Explained it plenty. Legal. Made copies of them because the papers are too important and I left them in a locked file. But these are powers of attorney. If I wanted, I could take all my mother's money. Wouldn't be against the law. Power backed by Ohio. You have this. You have this power of attorney backed by Almighty God. Ask God to use you. Say, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. God made a donkey talk. God says, if you don't praise me, what will I do? I'll split those rocks and they'll praise me. A rock, a rock will praise God. We're in the last days. You're God's army. You're God's messenger. You're God's answer. He's waiting for you. Come on, New Hope. Let's come to this altar. Get active. You've been wounded? Fine. Just tell God to put the bomb of Gilead on it. The healing salve. While you suit up in armor again. Have God pull the knife out or the spear out. Put the salve on it. While you put those suits of armor back on to do a work for God. I saw a man this morning during the altar call, maybe even before the altar, grab a young boy that I'd never seen before, put his arm around and walk him down the altar and talk to him about things of God. It was while the choir was going on because I had to hold back tears, trying not to sing with tears coming down my face, thinking, that's a man stepping up, doing what he's called to do. It was awesome to see him put his hand, an older man talking to a younger man. what it's about get active hey we're balancing all those dishes too elderly parent that needs everything done everything taken care of all the situations of the churches just balance them ask God for strength don't get dull in God you're too important you're too vital you bring me you bring the church much strength I was pumped when I heard that man say, I'll be here in the weekends. I thought, oh yes. Oh God.